Welcome to Leveling Up Now, where we help you to progress to the next level, whether that's through health, wealth, faith, or happiness. Join in to get motivated, inspired, and to learn tips from others who have already achieved great success and learn how you too can achieve greatness. Hi, and welcome back to Leveling Up Now, where today we're joined by a stand-up comedian and actor who is best known for his character on BBC's show, Citizen Khan. Um, Abdullah Afsal has performed in various other roles on TV, as well as on BBC Radio 4, on a show called By a Young Officer. Abdullah has performed at numerous stand-up shows across the UK, as well as hosting charitable events. Abdullah, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, and uh, yeah, how are you? You okay? I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. So um, you're from Manchester, right? And you've been born and raised there. Um, I mean, how did you decide that you wanted to become an actor and comedian? Uh, how, how did you know that's what, what you wanted to become? I don't think it was something that I wanted to do straight away. Um, I had a lot of different different ambitions in life. I think it's something that fell on me. I mean, there was there was there was never any thought of becoming an actor or working in the entertainment industry until yeah. perhaps in my teenage years because I was always raised in a devout Muslim family. I was in madrasa, hifz class. Yeah. Um, I used to do Islamic speeches for the mosque, enter competitions. Uh, and I think that's where it all stemmed from, doing these Islamic speeches in front of audiences around the UK, having to travel to different cities and perform. Uh, okay. Because I didn't necessarily know what I was saying, because obviously I was a young child, but I used to perform them. I used to win the competitions, come home, enjoy the accolades. Um, oh, really? And I think it all stemmed from that, because then in high school, my teachers really wanted me to do drama. And my family was against it. And then once they, once I kind of did it, some acting... Uh, my teachers kind of made it clear that I was uh, head and shoulders above the other other students, and it just went from there. To be honest, it was never a real plan. It was just it just wow. just happened. You just kind of um, went with your gut instinct, and I guess you enjoyed it from right at the beginning. You you knew that you know you you got enjoyment out of it, and if you could get paid for it, why not? I think at that time, I don't think I knew any Muslim or British Pakistani that was actually yeah. I didn't I remember there was a show called Yasmin um, when I was a kid and one of the guys who was in it uh, who was in it had a small role he had a pet goat he was the husband of some of, of Yasmin in it yeah. it was quite a big thing because there weren't many shows about Pakistanis then and it was just a one-off drama I think and it turned out that the actor was from my area and he was a Pakistani guy oh, wow and small world that was like and everyone was talking about it, I was like, oh, you know, I bet I'm better than him. I remember thinking that, and I was only like 13. I remember my dad saying, yeah, you think he's got a big, you know, um, uh, amazing life. You think he's a huge celebrity. Do you know what his day job is? He's a black cab driver. He lives uh, on the street, same as your brother. And as if that was, you know, supposed to be like some kind of diss or something. My yeah. dad was a taxi driver himself. Um, yeah. It was more like to show me that, you know, don't don't go chasing waterfalls no don't go chasing like um the, you know the lights uh, and all that because it, it's just a job and he's a one of job you you know how how many more shows are you going to see him and it was that kind of thing so yeah i i th- i think i fell in love with the idea of being the first to really break break into the market but as soon as i did as soon as i kind of got a foot in there's about 
10 other people that just started sprinting past me. Uh, wow. But I think that was the first first thing. It was just being the first one to break the shackles, I guess, of our, our community and get into the entertainment industry. Wow. And and how was or how is life as an actor? I mean, obviously, as the years progressed, you started in 2007, didn't you, I think? And um, as the years progressed, you got more and more yeah. well-known. And is it everything that you've dreamed of, basically? No, no, not at all. Um, first of all, uh, I thought once you're on TV, you're rich. It doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it does not happen. Let me tell you. Uh, that's that's number one. Uh, yeah. Number two, um, there's a lot of negatives that come with a bit of fame. Like I'm not, you know, I've only got what 21, 22,000 followers on Instagram. It's not a whole massive amount, but that's so good. There's a there's yeah, but there's a lot of a lot of bad stuff as well that comes from them. There's a lot of people that make fake accounts of you. A lot of people that spread rumors. I remember when I was getting married. People would message my wife, you know, people I never knew, never met, and wow. would say, oh, why, why is your number in my boyfriend's phone? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, just make and things just, up. Just stuff like that, which is quite frustrating. And then you have people that, you know, the one of the most upsetting things for me when I, when I first got a bit of fame was, I remember someone saying to my face, that, oh, you're brilliant, and, you know, you're great in this, it's great, yeah. blah, 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 and then accidentally forwarding me a message where it was basically slagging me off oh, nice. stuff like that there's a lot of two-faced stuff in there you know yeah. it's just a lot of people come out the woodworks that uh, would normally not want to be associated with you suddenly they want to be your best friend there's a lot of, a lot yeah, of that kind true. of stuff and, and my personality can't deal with stuff like that i find it really stressful i can't sleep yeah. at night because of things like that oh. that's just the way my personality is so there's goods and i always think that a lot protecting me from you know i, yeah. I remember get, getting some big opportunities and, and falling at the last hurdle like i remember four lions i was up with the really the last two for yeah the last wow. two for a certain role and i was told I was too white for the role because it would clash with another character so that went and you know i turned down a soap two yeah. soaps and um, because and um, one of them was a gay character in which there was a lot of a lot of physical contact. Mm-hmm. So straight away. And then yeah. to those who would say that's homophobic, uh, the next soap offered me a part, which was a womanizer. And I turned it down oh, okay. because yeah. there's a, the, I reckon if I was 19, 20, I would have taken it. Because oh, okay. I was 27, 28, my kids and really within myself, not externally, but internally, fully uh, immersed in my dean, there was no chance I was going to do that. And I think as a result, it built a bit of a reputation that I was turning down and stuff and who do I think I am? And I think it negatively affected uh, a lot of future roles, to be honest with you. But I always have to say, Allah alam and, you know, yeah. I'm being protected. Uh, there's always, yeah, there's always a reason. And um, I, I truly believe that as well. I think there's always a reason and um, there's always something positive to take out of it. From You never know, it might, it might lead you to something even better and greater for you. So... Uh, and if it doesn't, uh, you still say Alhamdulillah and you Exactly. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. You don't realise it. You know, it's only in hindsight, right? You might not realise it now or maybe when you're 50, 60 years old and you look back. Inshallah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone, yeah. Um, so, you know, you, I feel like, you know, you've, you know, you've been on TV, you've worked with great actors and in, 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 our, day, in our days now, there are a lot of up-and-coming actors and they want to get well-known and they want to, you know, go in your steps, I guess, and become a well-known actor. I mean, what types of advice could you could you give to those try, you know, trying to make it out and break out into their acting or, or or the becoming a comedian? I think the intention has to be right because if you just want to be famous, then you then you're not going to be an actor. You're going to be an idiot, basically. 
Um, I remember there's a girl, she's quite a well-known actor. She, she was a child actor. Um, and she used to, she acts a lot like she's really a close friend of mine and she supports me and things like that. But she always used to send me messages of, of weird stuff. Like when I lost weight, it was stuff like, when I started losing weight, it was stuff like, oh my God, stop losing weight. You look ill. You don't look right. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. And then it, I remember, I remember, supportive. I remember doing that, putting a funny video and an account writing, you know, you're not funny. I, you're the least funny person. I don't know why you've got this many followers. <sighs> And then someone replied to it, and then that account replied again, but replied from that girl's account. So basically, she had she's a chatting to herself. She, <laughs> she logged up, she logged in, and she just gave herself away, and she quickly deleted it. But I'd seen it; I never approached her about it. But there's a, there was a lot of stuff. So she was the kind of person that went for the fame and being, you know, getting yeah. that kind of lifestyle. And that, then you turn into an idiot like that. I think yeah. if you enjoy acting and you just want, you just love doing it, then you'll fall into it. And and I, yeah. what I would say is there's not that much money involved at the beginning. Yeah. I did a ton of things for free yeah. just to have a showreel, just to be out there doing stuff and learning because do you know what? Every actor, you learn more and more on every job. Like yeah. I've, I've learned so much from sitting in the car until now I've learned so, so much. Wow. Um, and I think that's what it's about. I think it's about learning and getting better and staying humble uh, yeah. and understanding that this industry is huge and you're not going to get an opportunity straight away. And if you do get an opportunity, it doesn't mean that you made it now. When I got sitting yeah. in the car, that's what I thought. I thought, I'm on a primetime BBC One series. Yeah. That's it. The jobs are going to come rolling in. After I did the first series of sitting in the car, I didn't get any work until the second series of sitting in the car. So, oh, wow. you know, the, 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 that happens. It, the, nothing, nothing's guaranteed in this industry. And, you know, I, one, one of my biggest regrets is not listening to my dad because my dad said, all right, fine. If you're going to be an actor, have something on the side. You know, yeah. that guy in Yasmin, you the black cab driver, totally get why. Totally oh. get why, man. When you've got a wife and kids, the yeah. industry is brutal. The industry yeah. is brutal. So, and that's why I started doing a lot of, a lot of external gigs. I do a lot of stand-up. Stand-up isn't my passion. Acting is my passion. But stand-up, something that, stand-up is something that in the Muslim, because I'm an I'm a exclusive Muslim comedian. I don't do clubs and pubs. Yeah. Uh, because I did one gig and I died. Because I couldn't, it wasn't me. I was my biggest strength is when I'm genuine and I'm, and I'm yeah. being yeah. myself. And when I had to go and do this this massive gig in front of TV cameras with Romish Ranganathan was on the lineup, you wow. know, people like that. And I went on and it was my first gig and I had to pretend to be someone I wasn't. I was talking about getting girls and uh, stuff that wasn't yeah. me and it bombed. Yeah. It, was, oh, it was terrible and I got put off stand up. But then I realized that if I be myself, I can be myself from a Muslim audience. Yeah. So when I started doing the Muslim audiences, I realized that this is my forte and I just yeah. didn't stop. And and now I tend to be one of the first names on, on, on a list when it comes to Muslim wow. comedy. And it's a huge market now. It is, uh, yeah. So that's what basically, that, that helps pay the bill. So that's just the way it is. Yeah. So when the acting starts uh, cutting down a bit, I start accepting more Muslim gigs. Yeah. No, I think that's... Um a blessing in disguise because you've actually found a niche, right? And you are one of, like you said, you're one of the first ones to get into that niche. You've got all that experience. You've already got a fan base, you know, even though, you know, 20,000 is still a lot, you know, 20,000 individual people, it's a lot of people. And um, it might not be, you know, 200,000, but it's very focused. Like, you know, they like you because of, because of you. So, you know, it's it's like, there's no, I feel like there's no one following me just, inspired me there's a lot of followers I, yeah. I i basically speak to all of them on, yeah. on my social media if someone messages me i get back to them Do you know that's what how I mean? we it's that's because, how we communicate yeah 
Exactly, because yeah. it's not it's not too big. I'm sure if I was getting a hundred thousand messages, I wouldn't yeah. be able to get back to. But because I'm getting about 50, 40 to fifty message requests a day, at yeah. some point I get through them. At some point, yeah. it might not be the same day, maybe a week later, but I get through them because I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's yeah. hard out here, and, you know. You know, the public, everyone else appreciates that as well. You know, hundred percent. I mean, how, how so? How do you come up with your material? That's I think um, a popular question for for comedians or even actors because I know you, you like to write a lot as well like um, different scenarios and stories and sketches I guess I love writing I do I do love writing uh, I, I'm still waiting for that big opportunity to write something for the telly because um, I even, honestly I've been burnt so many times I've written stories that have been made into films and uh, never got credit for them things like that have happened to me so yeah I've really competent in my writing I'm writing a Muslim panel at the moment brilliant yeah, uh, which is which is I'm telling you now is fantastic, and I can't wait. It's coming to theatres as soon as this lockdown stuff's what's finished. It, what's it about? Is there? Could you at a high level? I'll give I'll give you a little teaser for it. Yeah, um, no one's heard this before. Um, basically, yeah. I want you to make a Muslim version of a panel that was already there, mm-hmm. and I want you to do a Muslim Cinderella, right? Okay. Uh, and I want you to make it a Pakistani themed Cinderella. Yeah. And someone said to me, "But you're just copying Cinderella." So I've twisted it on his head and I've made it like Cinderella has copied this Pakistani <laughs> panel, basically. So I've just twisted it on his head and it's like the original, the original Cinder, Cinderella. That's um, interesting. So it's a lot of uh, Desi humor in it, a lot of Muslim gags in it. Yeah. Um, like when they dance, when they dance at the ball, you could imagine Brilliant. it's quite different in a Muslim household. <laughs> and what kind of age range would that be for? Is it more for... Um, sooner the kid can talk sooner the kid can understand basic things all the way to the, the elder generation as well the family is pants man I only do fan, family material so I hope people can come out with their families and support so, so, oh, okay oh, that's brilliant so, and how do you come up with other I mean I've watched you to be honest I think uh, I'm from Coventry so I've seen you act in Coventry a couple of times um, how do you come up with your with your jokes is it is it like from real life events or do you do you just make I them think, up I on think, the spot I think almost all my material, so whether the sketches I do on, on social media or my stand-up, it tends to be based on the... The foundations tend to be something that's happened to me in real life and yeah. then almost slightly exaggerated in order to get the punchline. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how it works. And also, these gags have been developed over years. Like, I remember doing one gag the first time and it working, but something not feeling right, something changing it and then it dying and then the next time putting stuff together and then suddenly I've hit it. That's the gag. So some people might, and this sounds bad, but I, that's why I prefer to do London and the South first because I tend to connect better with the Northern community from the Midlands down to Bradford and Manchester, ah, Blackburn, Scotland. They just tend to, to appreciate me more. I think London was a little bit more, for my type, for the Muslim scene anyway, they were a little bit more, how can I put this? I, I felt a little bit patronised by them. Like they felt like I was being a bit too low in some of my jokes. Maybe they didn't appreciate make, me making fun of certain okay. certain cultures and stuff. But I just do it. That's just my thing. Whereas I think <laughs> yeah. up north, they could take a joke a bit better. <laughs> uh, I think that's just how it is. So I tend to do yeah. a lot of my material in the south and then figure out what works with them and what doesn't. And then yeah. I know if it works with them, that then with the north, it'll completely smash it. Wow. Uh, so that's what I tend to do. I tend to that's so interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's like you already know the different markets in the UK and then you can even probably tailor the jokes, right? So certain jokes yeah, would be funnier. But a lot of comedians I know do it the other way around. They, they test them tailor on north and then London's the big city, London's this and that. That's true. Um, so it, but, it just depends, isn't it? Yeah, everyone needs a laugh, so 
yeah. and yeah, needs material. I mean, do you practice your material on family members, on your wife? How, how do you get it out there? I can't do it. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I test it on front of an audience because I can't stand in front of my wife or my sisters or anything and do stand up because I, I feel like it's just fake. Because I'm different on stage than I am in front of my family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's my the relationships. Family, exactly. The humor is different. Um, it's different, but I never practice it. If I die on stage, I'm not scared of that anymore. Uh, when I die, I die. Uh, yeah. I learn from it. That's the, that's the best way to go. Exactly. You learn from your um, the most um, problematic situations, I guess, where you're really shoved in the corner, isn't it? I mean, do you prefer to act in front of an audience or to act in front of a camera? What what would you prefer? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I've done a lot of stuff just in front of a camera, but then Citizen Khan was done in front of a camera and an audience. Live audience, yeah, yeah. Live audience, studio audience, and that was very enjoyable. Um, but it's weird because it was very enjoyable for the audience there and it was enjoyable for the actors doing it. But then when it comes to TV, people think, oh, it's fake. You can hear the fake laughter. And it's not fake, it's real laughter. Do you it's know what I mean? So it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a weird one, but uh, I definitely prefer live audience in terms of yeah. making people laugh. Uh, but obviously, when it comes to TV and film, if yeah. I have a camera, that's that's just nothing like it. So, so let's talk about Citizen Khan a bit because I watched pretty much every episode. It was brilliant. Um, I loved your character as well. I mean, how how was that experience for you? And did you enjoy it? And you know, would you go back if they did another season? You know. So, um, I got, well. First of all, I I grew up on that show. Basically, I was twenty one when I started it. Okay. Yeah, uh, 28 when I finished it. Wow. So basically, Basic 20s, yeah. I became a man proper during that time. I learned so much. I went through the whole phase of enjoying the lifestyle, yeah. running away from my dean and from what I know, from my upbringing, and then finding myself crashing and burning and then running back uh, with my arms wide open uh, back to my to my own religion and culture. and, and Wow. Uh, a lot happened in those seven years, man. A lot happened. I learned a lot on the job. I learned a lot about my, my career. I learned a lot about myself. I learned about... I, I basically found myself during the... the and I realised what I wanted and yeah, and it wasn't what I thought I wanted. And there was a lot a lot of learning. And would, would, I, would I do it again? Do you know what? There's There are talks happening at the moment that they want to do some specials. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> There's also talks about a movie. Ah. And... Okay. It depends now because I feel like I'm in a position where now it's different. If when I was 23, if I saw yeah. the script and it said Abdullah Afsal, you know, Amjad grabs Shazia by the waist and kisses her on the lips, mm. I'd be like, oh god, my family are going to kill me. But I'd yeah. do it when I was 23. Now I'd say I'd rather not do it, and, and it wouldn't matter how much money they threw at me. I wouldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But if they, if it was, if I had read the script and I thought I'm okay with this script, yeah, and I think it's funny, um, then I would say yes, and I'd want more money. You know, hopefully, <laughs> I'm stage, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I appreciate it so much for me. We are like a family, but there has to come to a point where you know that it's maybe time to move on. So I'm not sure yet. When the time comes, I might yeah. just be in a horrible financial situation. So it's I'll interesting. Anyone, just give me yeah. a time. I don't know. <laughs> It's interesting yeah. because it's a it's a type of show where you wouldn't because it's like a you know the family the the you know it's like a religious family isn't it and you wouldn't expect to see 
you know, people kissing or, or, or doing inappropriate. Well, there was a, there was there was something written in one of the series which I yeah. which I said I wasn't going to do, where I, where basically there was a reporter uh, who was interviewing Mr. Khan or something, and she fell in love with me. And Shazia walks in, and the reporter just grabs me and starts snogging oh. me. There was a scene like I didn't that. Know that. Oh. It was never never made it to air. Uh, I refused to do it as well. Yeah. So that it was in the, one of the first ever scripts of one of the series. I don't know. Wow. Uh, obviously, I refused to do it. It didn't happen. But there was there have been stuff like that. I mean, I did other things. You know, I dressed up as Mrs. Qureshi. I wore a nappy. There was a scene where I was supposed to look nude. Uh, I wasn't. I had sh- nude coloured shorts on. But yeah, uh, it did look nude. And it, yeah, just some stuff. Now, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do it if I went back now. Oh, okay. And um, so, so now we're in 2021. What what's your up and coming projects that we can get excited about? You know, we would definitely want to see you. You know, back, you know, on on some sort of TV or device. I mean, now there's so many ways you can get out there as well. And I mean, what's something that you're looking forward to to releasing? You mentioned the the pantomime. Is there is mm. there anything else with pantomime? Uh, so I just directed Gobi Express, which is a uh, which is in Putwari, which is a language I've. I've I have no idea what's what's going on, uh, but I directed it's like a puppet show. Uh, I did it for free. I did it as, as help for for an up, open coming actor. He messaged me just like you did, and mm-hmm. I said oh, I'll help him out. Uh, then I ended up just basically having to run it with him because Brilliant. it was just yeah. So I ended up doing it. It's a lot of work, man. It's still going. We started in June or something. It's still going. Still direct. <laughs> still still editing it. It's hard work, man. Honestly, no, I've never taken off on a project like that before in my life. Wow. Doing that once that finishes, there's a few things that I've been wanting to do for about a year and a half, but because of this Gobi Express thing, I could I couldn't and the pants, so yeah. I couldn't really get into it yet. Um, so one of the things I want I want to do is uh, I'm making a mockumentary uh, about a character called Imi. I make character, yeah. I made a few sketches about him uh, on my social medias where he's kind of this this guy from Bradford who. He's sweet inside, you know, he just wants a wife, but he, his execution is terrible. And he's just going through a hard time trying to find his way in the world and, and find a wife. So I'm doing a mockumentary like that, uh, which I'll be putting out on YouTube. But again, that's going to be a lot of work, but it's my project, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, That will be happening. I'm also do, trying to do a children's uh, Islamic puppet Brilliant. thing with yeah. myself and one puppet. Uh, and making it for for Muslim children, uh, well, any children, but it's got Islamic yeah. theme. Yeah, uh, I want to do that. Um, so I've got a few of those things lined up. In terms of mainstream TV, I get auditions all the time. I do them. If I get the part, I get the part. If I don't get the part, I don't get the part. The yeah. re- most recent thing I did was pitching in, uh, which was on BBC One. It was just about a place in Wales. It was. A, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a comedy. Uh, so I did that. So, so what, yeah, that was the last thing I did. So we'll see what happens next. What would be your dream? Because you mentioned acting is your main um, is your main passion, I guess, rather than being a comedian. What would be the main um, character for you? Would it be like an action type film, or would it be a series comedian? What would be? You know, I think nice... I'd like to do everything. That's the yeah. thing. I'd like to give could because I think it's very easy in this industry to get boxed in. I've been boxed in as a guy that can play stupid characters. That's not me. I, the first, you know, I was a dramatic actor before I did my first comedy show. Uh, okay. I was a dramatic actor. That's what I was trained in uh, and theatre. Yeah. I've not had one theatre job since, like proper national theatre job since college, since before wow. college, because people don't know I can do it. And that, this because is they, it. this is it. Because they always yeah, see you as Amjad. Uh, exactly. From... I remember going for an audition and someone said, "Amjad, sit down." I thought, "I'm not Amjad." 
I'm not, I'm just, you know, those things happen and it's yeah. about trying to get yourself out of that kind of casting. Um, yeah. So I've been waiting to get a theatre job for ages, man. Theatre is a lot less money than TV, but if I got a choice between doing TV and theatre, yeah. I'd probably take theatre just to show people that I'm very, that's my forte, that's my speciality. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just about someone out there giving you the opportunity, and it. it's, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. When you say theatre, is that like pantomime as well, or is uh, pan- would you say theatre? You know, I oh, mean, like West End pantomime, pantomime. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm talking, uh, you know, hard hitting drama in the theatre, yeah. things like that. Um, wow. I remember when I was a kid that I did something. I did a little small show in college um, called. Um, it was by Harold Pinter, the caretaker, and I played a 70-year-old man who had <laughs> issues. Who had issues, right. and I was only 16, and wow. I did it. And I remember getting a standing ovation. Wow. And <clears throat> the examiner, it was an exam, the examiner coming up to me and saying, you were incredible. I just remember, I remember that. Because I was a Pakistani kid, a poor Pakistani kid with hardly any general knowledge or intelligence in terms of the real world. And I went out and I played a 75-year-old Cockney white man yeah. on stage in front of people I didn't know. And I ended up getting 100% of a grade for it. Wow. Was that ever videoed? Uh, or I'm sure it's videoed. I'm sure. My, I need to speak That'd to That would be brilliant if you could. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've seen loads of your material and you are a naturally funny guy. And mm. um, I think it's hard to... Because, you know, I've only... I've mainly seen you on Citizen Khan and... Yeah, I think I've only seen you in that character, but to see you in other characters would definitely be interesting. And even if it's on the Instagram or YouTube, wherever it is, even if it's a small clip, you know, I think a lot of people would appreciate. It, not just me. I think, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I was something. in a, I was in a bit of a cult show called Lunch Monkeys when I was very young, oh, yeah, when I was yeah. seventeen, and that was kind of BBC Three, eighteen plus kind of thing, which was a bit weird for me. Now I would never do it, but. That's got that's weird how at the time it got slated like being of it being terrible and yeah you know low grade comedy but it's kind of aged well like people watch it now and send me messages saying oh my god I just watched you this is so funny it's brilliant <laughs> it's just so weird how Citizen Khan's kind of aging badly and yeah. Lunch Monkey's kind of aged really it's well come back. So that's, yeah. that's interesting and what would you say is the most um, challenging aspect in being an actor or comedian what what's the most difficult thing for you making a living out of it yeah because it yeah i i look at it as a hobby man yeah a hobby that occasionally you get you you get paid for because you can't rely on it fully man unless you're in you're one of those people i know actors who get parts in absolutely everything and they're not particularly better than you they're not particularly more diverse than you Mm -hmm. or or, uh, you know better at, at playing different characters but for some reason yeah casting directors like them and just can see them in the roles that they cast yeah. and they get roles in everything if you're like that then you can rely on it but when you're like me where you get chosen for special roles mm-hmm. not any Tom, Dick and Harry you get chosen for specific roles yeah it's difficult man it's wow. difficult and I mean are you trying to utilise all the the platforms like YouTube or social media is that is that a method that you're thinking of i started i've started this is what i've started last year because if you look back at my instagram two years ago i probably had four thousand followers oh really Um, two only two years ago 
it's been real organic growth where I'm just putting stuff out and people have liked it. That's literally yeah. how it's worked. I never really did the YouTube thing. Uh, it's mainly been Instagram. I started on TikTok this year and, you know, I think it took about seven, eight months for me to get to about 45,000 followers. I think I'm on now. Wow, that's brilliant. Uh, so it, it's TikTok and then uh, YouTube's the next thing I want to I really hit now. Yeah. Um, because I think my series would really work. I think the Emmy series would really work and I'm, I've got it all planned out, written. So it's just about executing it now. Yeah, even like cartoon. I mean, if you have something animated, you know, you could write the whole script and give it to someone. That's they right. can... I've, I've, I've done that before. Um, really? For British Muslim TV. Yeah, I, 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 there was a, there's a sitcom, an animated sitcom, like a Bob's Burgers family guy kind of thing based on a Muslim family and uh, I played the dad in it and... Um, yeah, it's too much work for the animators, man. One really? Anim- it was only one, one animator on it, and it took him like two years to get one episode done. So it's like... Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, wow. though, because, you know, like um, when you watch, like, for example, when you watch your Instagram, because you you're, um, you talk about Isla... <laughs> Is that Alexa or your, something? My watch, yeah, my watch just decided to reply to you. <laughs> so, sorry, carry on. But yeah, they're listening all the time, aren't they? Um, yeah. What was I saying? Um, yeah, so because like you know you into you know you do a lot of co- uh, comedy sketches and a lot of funny videos, and at the same time you talk about Islam a lot, so it's a lot of knowledgeable facts, and them two things alone, you could do a video just on you, and it can become very popular. Whereas if you were just like, an you know an actor, or if you're talking about something else, I don't think that would be. I don't know. My, me, me personally, you know, I feel like comedy is, you know, making people laugh. It's like a medicine, isn't it? It's like, you yeah. know, bringing happiness to people and reducing stress levels and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I mean, I mean the problem is, it? the problem is, I, I am like that. I try to keep a bit of Islam in my posts and in my even yeah. in my comedy videos have a bit of that relatability. But the more my audience grows, the more people. The thing is with me is as a comedian you have to be able to, to, to accept that not everyone's going to like what you do. You that's have true. to accept that people are going to get offended by some stuff yeah. that you do. Yeah. But I, I, that's my issue as a comedian. I, I don't mind people not finding me funny. That's not an issue. That's something that I've grown, grown yeah. with, you know. Yeah. But the, people getting offended and, and judging me that don't know me, I'll never be all right with that. I know that because uh, I remember um, I made a video recently uh, because I'm, I basically I, I've got a lot of friends from Bangladesh. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm, I'm probably one of the only Pakistanis that you know that has been to Bangladesh. Oh wow! Literally. Okay. So I made a video where it's a stupid character, Imi, and he um, uh, he he starts trying to uh, pull this girl who's a Bengali girl, yeah. and the annoying Pakistanis boys like that seem to have these stereotypes about Bangladeshis that have been drilled into their brains growing up, which is the fish thing, the shortness mm-hmm. thing. And so in this sketch, I tried to put out how stupid they are. So he was tra- you know, saying stuff to this girl and she was saying, that's racist. And he was saying, how can it be racist? It's not racist. And then he gets kicked out of the gym. And I wanted people to watch that and say, this is so relatable. There are idiots like that. Yeah. And, but then I started getting messages saying, you know, keep your kids indoors because we're going to, we're going to get your kids. Wow. We're going to hurt your kids. We're going to get you. Um, how can you support systematic rape? <laughs> what? Genocide. So you look, look genocide. And then the people who oh, say, man. oh, you're the least funny person. I don't know why I even follow you. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then 
my comedians, friends, big comedians said to me, yeah, that's normal. That happens. Yeah. You just ignore yeah. it. I couldn't do it. I deleted the video because my yeah. whole social media presence has to be about, for me, has to be about positivity. It yeah. has to be, I'm one of you. Yeah. Once it becomes something else, I don't want to do it. I you don't want to be associated with that. Yeah, so I had to get rid of it. I mean, it was one of those things. And, and, and then I nearly killed one of my friends who was Bengali because I showed it him before I posted it. And he said, <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? I put it on, I got battered by some chads. But yeah. Um, so... Um, so going back a bit, you know, when you mentioned you were in Citizen Khan, you were kind of um, doing scenes which you wouldn't do now. And it sounds like you went through uh, some sort of transformation. You know, you bettered yourself in various different ways. What would you say triggered it for you and something that would help others to, so, so others can learn from your, your, your mistakes or your lessons that you've learned? I mean, I think for me, for, for the first thing was, I've always, since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a dad. There's something about it. I've always wanted to be a dad. And and then as I grew up, I wanted to be an actor. Obviously, we spoke about that. And then when I got the actor thing, yeah. I still had that other dream of being a dad. And it conflicted with mm-hmm. with what I was doing because I was hanging around with mm-hmm. non-Muslim people. I was doing Alhamdulillah, I never went down the alcohol route mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I did enough haram, do you know what I mean? And it was just normal. It was fine. I started questioning my own deen, my own religion, everything I was brought up with because it wasn't a fact of me questioning it, saying, hang on, why am I doing this? As a, this, Why am I doing this? You know, like questioning my religion. It wasn't like mm-hmm. that. It was more trying to justify the haram I was doing. Oh, okay. It was more of that, I think. And then I remember I used to chat up girls and whatever. And I remember thinking, when I used to tell them, what, what am I doing? What do I want from this relationship? Because I can't see this, this, this Evolving woman, and... this woman being a, a, a pet. I, I don't want it to be the mother of my child. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it was yeah. that kind of thinking. And then it was like, who's the hell going to marry me? Which, who, how <laughs> am I going to find a good Muslim wife when I'm, I'm this scumbag? Just... It's, it doesn't work. It's, yeah. How can I expect to to get a, a good wife when I'm an arsehole? That's the way, mm-hmm. the way I was thinking. and oh. That's when I started questioning my dean. And because I started questioning my dean and almost trying to step away from it a little bit, everything I read, every talk I listened to, every debate I watched, Islam just dragged me back in slowly and slowly, man. It just dragged me back in, and and I and I did, in a way that I didn't want it to be externally visible that I'd come back into the dean because it had to be internal. It had to happen inside, yeah. and that happened. And then I remember seeing the girl I went to marry, um, mm-hmm. and her, her. I know now that she was thinking. They used to think of me as this weirdo on the TV. Who does he think he is? That kind From of thing. Yeah, yeah, and. So it was a lot of work trying to persuade him that I wasn't that guy, you know, I was normal. Um, and then I had my son. Yeah. And slowly, slowly, being a parent, you become more mature, more rational, more responsible. Yeah. And I just, to be honest, it's, it's baby steps. But I remember it, it's, it got to the point where if I missed a salah, mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep at night. Yeah. When I got to that point, 
then your life now doesn't revolve around your your TV career, your comedy, yeah, uh, you you know, or anything else. It revolves around your dean because your whole day is affected by by things yeah. that you you know. If I can't sleep, yeah. I'm mashed. Yeah, I, I generally can't sleep without without praying, and that was the first step for me. Yeah, and then it was about the conscience coming back and feeling the guilt of doing things, and that's when I started turning down roles, mm-hmm. and that's when I when I started getting called a hypocrite because of the way I was at the beginning. People would judge me if I said something, and if I said something, you know, this is haram, but they try not to do yeah. it. Say, Bro, you you're the, you were the worst one, and I'd say, well, I was the worst. I tried to help yeah. you, but, but people, people change. People want to judge you, though. People want yeah, to judge you. That's and, true. Especially on social media, they like to have the loud. It's the loudest voice, isn't it? And when yeah. a guy with a big beard like Islam Moscat, with literally no knowledge, comes on, and then there's me who hasn't got a big beard, who's been a prat on the TV, but has so much knowledge about my deed, comes face to face. No one wants to listen to me. They're going to listen to the guy with the big beard and the hat who's saying, this guy's going to go to hell, bro. Bro, <laughs> have you seen him? Taking a mick out the religion. Bro, he's yeah. going to go straight to Jahannam. He's a, you know, mushrik. That's the kind of thing we have to deal with, man. That's just oh, a part of it. And it's about just being able to take it on the chin and just just know that it's fine, that it's just yeah. part of the job. I think that's, yeah. And it's a journey that you went on and you can share it with others, right? And, you know, how better to share it than witnessing it yourself? So, people you know, people like to make their mind up, though. People like to make their yeah. mind up about someone before they even want to listen. So it's just one of those things. That you can always get the before. odd, yeah, yeah. You're always going to get the odd one. It's just trying to let it go over your head, I guess. Um, and um, okay, so let's talk about lockdown a bit. Obviously, we're all in lockdown, and um, you mentioned you've got—is it one, two kids, or two, uh, yeah. how many? Two kids, mashallah. And um, so, how's life with you and home tuition, and how are you finding it? I think, especially in our community and in our culture and religion, mental health is non-existent in terms of what people know of it. Uh, but I think a lot of us will be suffering from it. Uh, I know I am in terms of, yeah. I just, I do feel trapped. My wife feels trapped. Yeah. My kids feel trapped. Yeah. There's, there's like, we've lost all freedom. And and sometimes you find yourself being someone you're not, the way sometimes I react to my kids doing something bad is a bit of an overreaction. No, mm-hmm. you're sometimes just being lazy with them and it affects you, man. And, it does, and I think it does. it's stuff that we need to talk about. Um, but I think with with lockdown, it's all about just taking a breath. And again, Salah is so important because yeah. it gives me a time off, man. Just to pray yeah. for that 10 minutes, put my head to the ground and stop. It kind of breaks the day up. And, and yeah. you know, it just 100%. helps. It, that, it just helps me, man. And, and I feel for my kids being stuck in the house with me sometimes. Uh, but I just got a PS5, so I'm feeling happy now. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Birthdays come early. Um, yeah. No, you're just. I think yeah, you're so dead on right. It's difficult, and um, even me personally as well. Reading Salah, I feel like it helps so much. It's like you know meditation as well. So I read loads of self improvement books, and they always say meditation, and you know, is praying is a form of meditation, and how that helps. And even you know, it's if you look at it from Islamically or non-Islamically, it's it comes back to the same conclusion, basically. But um, no, it, it, yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, um, I know that you're into your fitness and you've been doing a lot of running and you've lost a lot of weight and you probably get asked from others. So I'll ask you, I mean, what would you say is the secret to losing weight? So I was 14 stones, three pounds. Um, yeah. I'm currently 10 stones, wow. seven pounds. 
Uh, I've lost 24 kilos at the moment or something like that. Um, it started, it was just moderate change. At the, at the start, I cut out sugar, just at the start. Yeah. Cut out sugar, cut out a lot of carbs. I used to eat a lot of veg, a lot of chicken, a lot of fish. Got sick of, of that after about a month and a half. Changed the diet a little bit. Started doing, um, just cut down my calories. Yeah. That went to just 1,800 calories, which is still a lot, in my opinion. Um, started having a bit more bit of sugar inside started having sugar in my tea but still eating chicken and fish yeah. mainly as my protein and a lot of veg a lot of salad when i was hungry I'd eat. and then what happened was when i started losing a bit of weight when i lost about 10 kilo i thought i was so skinny when i lost 10 kilo but i was still fat when i look back so funny <laughs> uh, but when i lost 10 kilo my taste buds changed i started to be wow. able to eat salads easily and veg yeah. easily uh, i became a better cook um, and my need for sugar changed i could never drink pepsi max I could never drink stuff like that, but I'm allowed to drink Pepsi Max because it's got yeah. hardly any calories in it and it's all right. It's just, you know, it's just fizzy water, basically. Yeah. With flavor. So stuff like that, I started liking, I started enjoying olives. I like eating porridge now all of a sudden, and, you know, things like that. And my yeah. taste was changed and it helped me in my diet better. And then then, I, then when I got to um, about 75 kilos, uh, that was as low as I ever wanted to get because at that point I thought I'd have the abs, you know, I'd be fine because <laughs> that's what everyone thought. My trainer thought it goes back to... But my body wasn't like that. I'd lost, yeah. I, I wasn't fat anymore. I'd lost all my fat at 75 kilos. I looked good, yeah. um, but I could no keep abs. going. So I, so I kind of, yeah, so I kind of going because my, my goal was I want to prove to people that I can get abs from this, the state I was in. Yeah. Literally, I was a mess. I can get abs. I wanted to prove to people I could do it. Yeah. People said, no, how can you do it? So then I started doing calorie deficit. So then I went down to 1,400 calories, which was extremely wow. low. Yeah, uh, and and doing a lot of exercise, and then my weight stopped dropping again. When I was on seventy-one kilos, my weight stopped dropping. It just, it was like my body said, "Right, this is the right weight for you at seventy-one yeah. kilos." But no abs, and then that's when I went to extreme dieting. I wouldn't recommend this. What I did then yeah. after that, uh, but what I did was I went to um, very clean eating, completely clean eating. Yeah, salads, chicken breast, white fish, vegetables. Yeah. Um, and I went down to about a thousand calories, a uh, thousand calories, and <clears throat> making it work for me. So I'm not starving. Eat tons of veg. But I say a thousand calories. I don't That's... count vegetables. I don't count vegetables, and I don't ah. count salad. So you can eat I... as much as you want. Yeah, veg but and... not all veg. Low starch, low, low starch veg. Yeah. So broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, tomatoes, cucumbers, lettuce, that kind of veg and and, and salads. Uh, I, I eat tons of. Uh, and I eat the fish and the, and the whatever and the chicken and I feel full and I do three miles every morning yeah, uh, running sure. um, yeah. so I'm still losing it I'm currently on about 66 kilos uh, abs showing? So, sorry? are the abs showing? one or two? no well I've got three <laughs> so there's something um, but two and a half I yeah. reckon yeah, I reckon I need to lose another about three, four kilos. But the problem is, it's not happening anymore. I stopped lose, I've stopped losing it again. Oh. It's got to a point where I need to find another way now. Um, wow! So, it's like you have to shock your body, right? That's what they say. Yeah, it's like it's like you've got to, you've got to do something. Um, and, um, and then once I get to it, then it's about increasing my calories. I want to go back to two thousand calories eventually. Um, you can eat about, normal like a normal person, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, how long did it take you then to lose? You lost roughly four stones. Then is that? Over like two yeah. years. Uh, I started on February the first, so it's been a year now. Wow, one year. Yeah. 
Not that's here. a lot. That's a yeah, huge transformation. You need to do a transformation post or something. Yeah, I am um, going to do that. Let the, let the fourth and fifth ad come. I'll happily yeah. <laughs> You can hide a couple. Yeah, just put yeah, your trousers yeah. up. Um, no, that's that's amazing. I mean, I mean, I started running myself, so I feel like I understand some of the transformation you've been through. But what would you say is the benefits of eating clean and working out pretty much every day? I mean, mentally and physically what would you say is, you know? I mean, the first thing, I've got a routine now, uh, which is kind of consistent, which helps my mental health. Um, I feel fitter. I have more stamina to deal with my kids. Um, and it's good for my kids to see me eating healthy stuff. We're not always eating pizzas and burgers all day, like I was yeah. before. And the kids kind of were. Um, and it's about seeing me healthy, man. It's important. Yeah. And I feel bad for my wife, because my wife kind of married me when I was pretty fit. Uh, yeah. You know, I was quite a fit, good-looking lad, and then I kind of turned into a. I t- basically, if you look at my before and after picture, the before picture looks like it's on the front cover of the Daily Mail. You know, <laughs> Pakistani man starves wife, feeds her only rats while locked in the basement, and then the second one's kind of like meet Muslim men in your area. Do you know what I mean? There's a big difference. <laughs> like, and, uh, like a different character, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's important that I do it for my kids and my wife to show I can do it, man. I'm yeah. proving to people that there's, there's mountains out there that, that you think you can't climb, but take one step and before you know it, you're at the top. Wow. And okay, so you, you've, you know, you work hard, clearly, you know, you, you've got a lot going on. Um, what motivates you every day? And what would you say is your passion or your purpose? What was your purpose? You know, what motivates you to get out and keep going on and running and applying for the, the different acting jobs and keep thinking of new ways of getting yourself out there? I think they're different for everything. My motivation for everything is different. So for my acting, <clears throat> it's because I enjoy doing it. I love acting. I love it yeah. so much. And I, I just want to do it. Uh, it's not to get famous. It's not to impress anyone. Um, it's just because I love doing it. In terms of my exercise and fitness, it's because I've got a personal trainer uh, who, who basically is relying on me as well. Uh, yeah. Basically, he's got a deal with his boss that if he got, if he got my a transformation, which seemed impossible at the time, he was <laughs> yeah. going to get a promotion. Ah, yeah. So I'm, I can't let him down. So the, I remember the, 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 the certain time when I've actually slept starving, wow. starving because of him. Um, <laughs> so I said to him, if, if he doesn't convert to Islam uh, after this, <laughs> then I'm going to put on, I'm going to grow my breasts. <laughs> again. You're going to go all out. Yeah. And, um, what would you say, um, what habits would you say that's helped you to, you mentioned a few habits around uh, weight loss, but in other, in other areas of your life, are there certain habits that helps you to live uh, the life that you have, the, the successful life that you have? What, what habits can you share with people who they can implement themselves? I think it's just about being respectful to people around you because you don't know when you're going to need them to pick you up when, when you've fallen because I've seen a lot of people who kind of burn bridges with people of the past and people around them because they think they're better or they think they're going places and then when they do have their fall there's no one there for them to help them stand and I think it's important to stay humble with everything you do yeah. stay respectful and and don't fear failure expect it that's what I'm like yeah, wow. I expect I expect a failure every now and again and, not, and failure has a different meaning to me than it has on other people yeah. For me, a failure is literally a bump in the road that was written for you. Um, and you just got to get over it. Yeah, it's like yeah, a lesson that you have down. to learn. 
Yeah, you'll probably be down, you'll be stressed, you'll be upset, but you just have to stand up and keep going because especially when you're a dad, you're in charge, man. You're yeah. in charge. If you if you fall, then what's gonna happen to the rest of them? Yeah, there's no plan B, right? No. And how how do you balance everything then? So you got you mentioned your family, your career, faith. It's tough, fitness. man. It's tough. It's not I I wish I had an answer to that. It's <laughs> tough. It's tough. Uh sometimes I have to take um, you know, other 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 things more serious. Like yeah, I, the other day I was supposed to. I was going. Someone messaged me saying, "Look, my mental health is really low. The thing that's got me through mental health is your toasted early videos." Wow. Please make one. And then I said, "Right, okay, I'll make I'll make one." And I wrote it. And I was going to make it, but then my missus was going through a hard time, mm-hmm. um, and the kids were not behaving. Yeah. So I had to message that person and say, I'll get it to you as soon as. Yeah. I promise. I sent them a video instead of us toasting Ali, just making a joke to keep them cheered up. Yeah. And then I spent the day with my family without even thinking about any videos or anything because yeah. they needed me. So yeah, sometimes yeah. it just depends on the situation. You've got to balance. You've got to find the balance on the day. Um, yeah. It's, Being it's, able it's to tough, be, man. Sounds like it's good you're flexible in that way and you know where your priorities are. Mm. Cool. 100%. You have to, man. You have to. And um, do you have a mentor or how important is a, having a mentor for you? I, 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 I think if you, have a, if you have a mentor, for me personally, if I have a mentor in the industry, it's a disaster because no, no one in the industry is like me. And if I start following their lead, I just become a copycat. So I can't do that. When it comes to my lifestyle and living, I try to take a lot from obviously the Sirah and the Prophet and the, the other Prophets and the Sahaba mm-hmm. and things like that. But a lot of it you can take into this, into this modern life, but a lot of it um, you have to find elsewhere in terms of how to live. I think Mufti Menk is a good one that I like to learn yeah. a lot from. Uh, but I think my dad and my elders have been here for so long and they've, and I'm, I'm very happy to accept that they've made lots of mistakes my own mother who I lost when I was 15, you know, yeah. always in my head kind of had this kind of perfect person image in my head. But as I got older, I started accepting that there were certain things that they would do that perhaps wasn't bad, but perhaps weren't the right way to go about mm-hmm. things. And, it's, and and then I used to think, oh, but why, why, why I remembered them? And it's because Allah has put that, you know, allowed them to make the mistakes so I could learn from them and, yeah. I, I, and make sure I don't make other mistakes. So I think it's just about learning from my elders that I've been in before, making sure I don't make the same mistakes. And I think my kids, it's the same thing, making sure they learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so important. You've, yeah, you've said that really well, actually. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Um, okay, so I'm conscious that I've taken up so much of your time. I'm, uh, just a last kind of section. I do kind of like a fire question just for fun and get to know you a bit more. Um, so, yeah, I'll just kick it off. Um, so what's your, just to change topics, uh, what's your favorite dessert? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I like my Lahore's chocolate cake and chocolate custard. Chocolate cake. Is that your first thing you're going to go for once you're... Do you, are, you allowed, so. are you allowed cheat meals or... You're very nothing. Wow. No cheat meals. That's willpower there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I don't have them, but I'm not <laughs> um, If you could travel anywhere right now, you know, if there wasn't no COVID, um, where where would where would you go? I want to go to Fakir in uh, South Turkey. 
I've always wanted to go there. I've never, really, I've never been, but yeah, I think I'd go there. Cool. Um, what's the most random thing that you've ate? Um, random thing I've ate recently or in my life? I say recently. Oh, random. Well, it's a bit hard when I'm on a, a thousand calorie no. deficit diet. <laughs> I don't know. Do, do, do you have like I had, I had zoodles for the first time, which is I made courgette. Uh, into noodles so that's weird i guess oh how was that that doesn't sound i really enjoyed it it's, it's oh. same as noodles except like 12 calories instead of 400 wow and you just put some sauce on it mix it up yeah just put a bit of pesto in it mixed it up a bit of cool. roasted tomatoes a bit of asparagus and there you go <laughs> and um what would you say is your favorite book that you've ever read well i've read all the harry potter books and i think they're fantastic yeah yeah Honestly, in terms of storytelling, they're fantastic, man. <laughs> um, what's the most embarrassing scenario you had to go through? I had to do an audition um, once, and I thought I had a photographic memory, so I read the script, and it said something about the character being disabled, and I just said, fine, right? So I went into this audition, pretending to be this disabled guy, and I did this audition for five minutes, walking around like this. <laughs> <laughs> Such oh. ignorance, right? And uh, when I finished my audition, they were all staring at me like I'm mental. And I said, oh, no, what's happened? And they said, why, why did you do it like that? I went, oh, my God, was it a different disability? What disability was it? They said, it wasn't, the character wasn't disabled. The spaceship, it was a sci-fi oh spaceship God. had become disabled. Oh, and my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my God. So, you just made, made, made a fool of yourself and then. Yeah. For six minutes. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So that's that's everything I've got. And uh, yeah, just before we go, um, how can people find you, follow you? Where's the main platforms they can they can see you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Abdullah underscore Asfal. So not Afzal, but Asfal. All my social media handles are messed up. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Abdullah underscore official. You can find me on TikTok, at Abdullah underscore officially, officially. Yep. Uh, and yeah, that's it. I don't really, I don't use Facebook or anything. So yeah, <laughs> cool. And do you use Clubhouse or anything? That I don't know if you've heard of Clubhouse. Club Penguin. Club Penguin. <laughs> no, no. It's um. I guess it's a new social platform, but um. Yeah, it's uh, it's only audio, which is a bit odd, but it works for some people. Um, no, I'm not. But maybe I will. I'll cool. And um. Okay. So to end with, what would be the key takeaway that you want to leave, uh, for those who are trying to level up? Find, find it in yourself to motivate yourself. If you, can, if you find a recipe that you can put together that will motivate you to go for, further for yourself, don't look at, I think don't look at other people and think you want to be like them. Look at other people and think you want to get past them. You want to be better. And, and look at yourself and just think, tomorrow I want to be better than I am today. I think that's the best way to go. And don't be too disappointed when things don't go your way. It means that... Um, something good will come out of it. Uh, I love looking out for you, so don't worry yeah. about it. Brilliant. Okay, thanks, Abdullah. Thanks again for coming on the show. Um, that was brilliant. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, catch up soon. Salam alaikum. Thanks for tuning in to Leveling Up Now. If you have enjoyed listening, feel free to subscribe to never miss another podcast. Do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember... It always seems impossible until it's done.